0: welcome to two ales and hockey tales with wally and today i am so excited to have on the guy that showed me the ropes in deutschland um, and survived one of the craziest coaches in professional hockey a 13-year professional a former east coast champion in uh, 1973 i think And uh, a Svita Bundesliga Deutsche Meister, which is a second league German champion, Greg Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming, man.
1: Thanks for having me, Waldo. Love seeing you. Love being on your show. And uh, hopefully uh, we have some good laughs, buddy. I know we used to always laugh a lot, so yeah, I'm looking forward to
0: it. I, uh, I... I'll never forget our year in Beatingheim, Germany. Um, Christian Brittig was our coach. Um, I don't think anybody on that team will ever forget him. Um, we'll get into that much later. Um, but uh, where are you living now? And uh, the other thing would be, uh, how did you fall in love with hockey and where did it all begin?
1: Well, yeah, that's quite a bit there. Um, so when I came back, I obviously came back. In 2010, I came back to my hometown, North Balfour, Saskatchewan, where I grew up and, and spent some summer time there uh, while I was playing, uh, and then eventually got into, uh, got into work a couple of years after, and uh, my job brought me to Lloydminster, Lloydminster, Alberta, which is anybody who knows Lloydminster is a border town. So literally, the the Saskatchewan Alberta border runs right uh, through our town and right like right through the bar, basically. Um, so I've been here for five years, um, but uh, you know, being a Canadian kid from you know northern Saskatchewan growing up, there's not a there's not a whole lot of options out there uh, to do. Uh, well, there's more options than there is today because there's not. <laughs> Nothing a guy can really do, um, but yeah. So hockey was a big, big part of my life, and and obviously, uh, when you're part of hockey in small town Saskatchewan, Canada, that's where you meet most of your friends, and and you play hockey together. Uh, you form friendships, and and uh, I was was good at it from a young age, and um, I just loved it. You know, I loved, uh, I, I loved the game. I loved the challenge of the game and the competitiveness, and you know the game kind of fit fit the my style and you know and uh, just as I as I got older uh, the challenge of it became bigger and and you get more interested in it and uh, one day you find yourself doing it uh, for a job
0: yeah well like I could totally get the competitiveness side because uh, yeah you would you uh you would uh, be on the power play the penalty kill um, and you'd also be grinding it out. And uh, whenever you f- could, we're willing to throw the left hand. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I get the competitive side of it.
1: Yeah. You know what? Well, when I, when we played together, as you mentioned before, it was well towards the end of, end of Well, I call it the end of my rope. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we, the year, the first year we played together, the year we won, I think it was probably one of the best, best teams I've played on in a league. Uh, like we we were, I, 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 w- I would say we probably lost three or four games all year at most out of
0: probably 60, 65 games. Yeah, we were really, really good. Um, that was my first year, your first year there. Uh, most of the imports it was our first year and um we had to go there in july and uh we bonded though i think that was really important for us that july um was that the coach was so crazy (laughs) that he didn't trust any professional hockey player to work out on their own in the summer so he made us all come in july and uh trained three times a day. Um, and he would be shouting at us the whole time. Um, and, uh, but he would on uh, the good part was he'd have to go home on weekends to see the wife and kid. So he would give us the weekends off to give us time to bond. And, uh, when you get, uh, what was it five Canadians on a team where all the Germans would go home and we'd have five Canadians sitting in Beedingheim every weekend, uh, with no plans or agenda, but have fun and uh, get to know each other.
1: Well, you know, it was the craziest thing when, when I was negotiating the contract, cause I had been over there in Germany for, for five, five, five or six years already, five years. And I, I was used to going over in August and, and it, even not still early for us Canadians, right? And uh, the agents tell me, no, they want you there like before July 1st, which is for us Canadians is just ridiculous. Uh, but soon, soon once you got over there, you understood where the craziness came from. And like you said, it was for, from from our coach and uh, yeah, there was over the top, Nuts! Nuts! Craziness! Workouts! You know, doing doing sprints uphill with uh, a guy six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds on my back. Um, yeah, didn't didn't make a whole lot of sense. So yeah, we needed those weekends when, you know, like you said, I think it was us the five imports. But I, if I remember correctly, Dan Heilman used to stay behind too because he was too cheap to <laughs> to pay the 30 euros in gas to go see this family. So he would, he would always stick around too.
0: Yeah. I think he actually just enjoyed hanging out with the boys for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They were really fun weekends. Um, I guess like, since we're already talking about them, um, I guess we could do a couple more British stories off the hop for, for the listeners. Um, Just because this coach, like, I don't think we can explain that year Um, from the hockey side of things to the off ice side of things like this guy was eccentric as they get, or I don't know really what the word is, but like in the hockey games, our team was so good. Like you said, we won every game, but it was definitely not to do with the coaching because our defensemen only were allowed to rim the puck around. They weren't allowed to pass it. Uh, the forwards. There was a game we played in Bremerhaven. Um, it was I. You may remember this, but I was I think tied for the league lead in scoring at the end of the season, and we go up to Bremerhaven, and it the game. Is like 10 hours away on a bus. We yeah. bus up 10 hours and we get there. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get a couple points to try and lead the league in scoring tonight because it's the last game of the season. And the coach comes in and says, Catanacho tonight. <laughs> and all the Germans start laughing. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, That means we don't forecheck. <laughs> I'm like, well, What do you mean? <laughs> they're like, eh, like, you don't cross the red line. <laughs> I'm like, like at all. <laughs> I said, no. (laughs) So we played like that for, uh, for at least two periods. We didn't cross the red line. Do you remember that?
1: Well, I mean, that, that, you know, kind of speaks to, you know, I was used to my whole career, you know, skating and getting in and board checking and one of the hardest parts of of playing for him. And he kind of, it's kind of more in today's game, which I find hard to watch and boring, but, Right from the first time we got there, most of the games you didn't even need to shower because he didn't want us to forecheck, and that that was over the top. But I remember being the first forechecker and like stopping at their blue line, and and just standing there. And we well we trapped, we trapped kind of before anybody else was doing it. Now everybody does it, but yeah, like yeah, don't nobody cross in the the red line. But he used to come in like he was just some like genius and he would he would <laughs> you out, know, and he would be like yeah nobody for checks and i'd be like well i don't even want to play like i might as well just stay on the bus but that's that's the way he was like literally he wants us to go in july to get in this crazy crazy shape and i don't know why because we're not even really skating ever <laughs> practices uh, i don't even like we didn't really do a whole lot either. So it's the only team I played on where I got in worse shape throughout the year. And I wasn't even injured. Like, so. Anyway. Um,
0: I I remember um, we would always play Friday and Sunday. There'd be a game at home and a game on the road. And that was your weekly schedule, which it was great for family life. But uh, I'll never forget Saturday practices, Saturday practice. It didn't matter where you played on the Friday night. If it was home or away, Saturday practice, no pucks. You went fast down the middle, slow on the outside. And we just skated around in figure eights fast down the middle, slow down the outside for what, like 45 minutes with no pucks completely bored out of our minds just skating and he'd say "Hey, you got the crap out of your legs you're done we never touched a puck and then we got a game the next day and yeah we didn't even practice
1: well and I mean I don't know what it was the first year it might have been the second year when he came in for or we came in for practice and we all had snorkels in our (laughs) uh stalls and we're like what the because sometimes we would go swimming right so we thought well this got to be something swimming and he said no no so we as you remember we all had to wear snorkels in our helmet and wear them while we were practicing (laughs) I mean it it would have got us ready for COVID (laughs) like you you know but it was I I think we skated for like 10 or 15 minutes and we just said like you're a loser and they're i mean yeah, all spit in your mouth and we just looked like complete idiots because we had the mask and the snorkels coming
0: out but i thought i thought we looked better when we were in the parking lot and we had a guy on our back and we're carrying him across the parking lot with a snorkel in our mouth i thought we looked better (laughs) yeah christian brittig um he actually, yeah, once you left and the budget went down and uh, the team wasn't as good, there was a point there where uh, he was yelling at everybody that uh, a slap shot from the red line was always a threat.
1: <laughs> oh, Well, the one, the one day he come into the room, and, and of course, by this time, everyone, he had, a, he had a, a way of making a crowd disperse if he came into the room. And uh, he cornered, I think he cornered me and a couple other guys. And he goes, Schmitty. he goes, and then he's, and he's always like, he's got this something. And he goes, uh, he says, you know why flies are so fast? He said, because of their, their eyes, they got the best eyesight and they're, the, and uh, he goes, you want to be quick on the ice? And I go, yeah. He goes, go get your eyes checked. You need to have, you need to have eyes like a fly out there. And. And I got like talking, talk and he's telling me this without any like whiskey in him or like, which it just, uh, uh, it's, it's so but nice. by then we were, we were pretty used to it. And then he used to always, he used to close talk everybody. And then try he and would
0: smell talk. their breath. Yeah. yeah. And he'd call yeah. you
1: in the office and say, so you've been drinking. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, no, have I? maybe a couple days ago, but not like this morning. He was a total
0: loser. Oh, he was. Uh, I've, I just, I, you know, it's amazing what uh, the contracts they could offer in Biedenheim, Uh Like, you come in July and uh, you got to play for him. But uh, the guys on that team were great. Like, that was the closest team I was ever on in Germany. And we won the championship, like, despite of the coaching and, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was really too
1: bad. Cause he took a lot of the, the joy out of, you know, the actual, the, the room
0: and, 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 and hockey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, where, where that, that year, or even those two years would have been, would have been so much better than it even was. Um, but a lot of times we were just like, get to the rink, do our job and get the hell out of there as quick as possible. Just so we didn't have to see that.
0: What well, yeah, and that's, I guess, probably why we all bonded so much, like, away from the rink, but uh then, like, when it comes to, like, some of the German guys you're really close with, and some you don't really see away from the rink, and, uh, you know, it's not until you win the whole thing that you really see them out, but, so we're not going to get into that yet, I think we've covered Britig enough, and I think, I think people might, uh, have an idea of what we dealt with that year, but uh, they probably still have no clue because, um, yeah, there's not many people like him in the world. Um, but anyways, okay. Um, so you told us you're from North Battleford. So can you just give us a quick rundown from uh, like minor hockey up to, uh, did you do the college route or major junior?
1: No, I, I, I went major junior, but I, you know, I was – I guess when I was really young, you know, I was... At those, those times, you're, like, you're getting three, four goals a game and, and everything, you just... I mean, it's hard not to love the game. But at a certain stage, you start, you know, as you get into your peewee bat, I mean, you start facing more people, your own skill level. And, and you know, though you get a goal every couple games. or it, it, it It's not as fun. So I kind of got... It, you know, that Bantam midget pushback where, you know, it, it's tougher to be good. And, and so I kind of, I thought, well, maybe a guy can't, you know, uh, do this for, you know, a, a long, long-term long thing, long-term career. So at a point I was like, okay, hey, I'm just going to play my midget out. And, uh, well, back then you didn't think of anything, right? Just worried about what's going on for the weekend type of thing yeah um yeah. but but i my coach my midget triple a coach uh was a scout and i was just lucky he was a scout for red deer and uh he really liked like the way i played and and uh, he was the one who got me um the tryout and red deer uh in the whl and so yeah i, I basically went there pretty much scared shitless because i didn't I, it was like well there's no way this is gonna work out and 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 sometimes that's the best well, it's the best thing for a guy is, is to be on your toes. Right. If, if you're, you're worried and you're, you're, you're just on edge and, and I had a really good camp and, and ended up by playing three years in red deer. And then as that went on, I had success there and, and then, uh, got into pro. Um,
0: so then what happens from you, you didn't win any championships in junior then, how was the team? Were they any good?
1: Well, first year we were awful. Like we were, I think we were 18, 50, uh, 18 and 50 or something. So we were, we weren't good, but we were young. Um, But at that age, you don't realize, you know, that there's rebuilding and and that type. So when you're in that type of losing, like where you're losing like eight, nine, one, and, and back then you're getting beat up too, basically, because there was a lot more. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the second year, we got quite a bit better fast. Um, and then the third year, we ended up by actually we lost in the semifinals, the, in the league semifinals. Uh, and, and we were, it was basically between us and Lethbridge. Because um, who's ever won that was going to the Memorial Cup and Lethbridge went to the Memorial Cup. Um, so we, we did have a really good team in Red Deer my final year. Uh, we just didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't win any championships, but we were, we were an elite team.
0: So when you leave junior, then what type, like, cause it realistically, when you're done junior college, it's no longer the opportunities are what are given to you. Like yeah. you, you have to be given some type of opportunity to, then show them what you can do. Like what were the opportunities presented to you out of major junior?
1: Wow. So I, I had been talking with Dallas stars for quite a bit and I'd went to a camp the previous year. Um, so I was kind of, well, I had thought, you know, I'm going to sign the Dallas and I'm going to go to camp and, but, uh, that, that didn't work out. And, you know, when you look back, I ended up by signing with Quebec and uh, IHL, but I signed in like May, which is very early for, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I probably jumped the gun and and, and uh, what I, I'd say is, I mean, I, they offered me, I think it was 55,000 bucks back then and I was, I was 20 years old and I thought, signed, you know, and I just took it and, it, you know, looking back, but I guess my agent should have helped me out there. But I probably should have waited a little longer. Uh, nonetheless, it was still, I mean, it was it was the minors. It was, I mean, you do well there. You still have a great, great opportunity. Are they
0: affiliated?
1: Is, uh, they were with Tampa, but not a full affiliation. Like Tampa shared half with uh, Quebec, and then they shared uh, more with uh, other guys with another team. So they weren't uh, full affiliation. Um, but but there's still like Martin St. Louis he played in Cleveland and he was in the same boat as me he was an unsigned like he was an undrafted uh free agent and and uh, I mean he did he found a way so it, it was still a good league and if you if you did well there was opportunities and it's much like anything to do with timing and performance and and then sometimes you you need uh, someone to believe in in what you can do and and give you a little push, but, uh, for whatever reason, I uh, went on a different path.
0: Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, that first organization you joined the very first one, I think out of major junior or college, hopefully they really believe in you. Like, hopefully they're really, on your side because you know it can go any way but it is up to the player what they do when they get there that was one of the things i never got in college was like i thought i was doing great in college but i didn't realize how much you got to prove once you actually get there you know
1: well well and it's 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 so much different when you go as a drafted guy or someone someone that they have some skin in the game with then then they you know they commit it to you so they they have more into you. So they put more into you and they want to see you do better. Uh, hey, that's, that's why it's so competitive. And, and that's why everyone wants to be in it. Um, and you know, if it wasn't that way, it wouldn't be so much, so much fun to, to be in it. And it, uh, you know, most kids wouldn't want to be there if it wasn't so much fun. So It is what it is. It's a high, high, uh, like it's a high competition.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, You're right. Absolutely. Um, The one thing I did see when looking up uh, the stats, and I know we've talked about it because you're a legend there. um, Briefly discuss how you went from Quebec then through to actually winning an East Coast championship. And maybe if there are any uh, quick, good stories from uh, an East Coast championship. And when was it then? The the 70s or the 80s?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I had a bad injury in Quebec. And so basically I pretty much missed, uh, I played 30 games or 25 games. Uh, so my one-year contract was done. And I had really, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't, you know, you're young and you're unsure. And, and I had actually signed uh, to go down to, to the Central Hockey League. But on the way down, like we're in the vehicle and on the way down, my buddy calls me from South Carolina and he's they're down there in a training camp and he says, he said, me and Jake are here and Jake's another buddy. He said, It's awesome here. <laughs> he goes, he goes, they need a centerman that's kind of your kind of style, you know, gritty can score, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh it was Jody Lehman who actually played in,
0: in the goalie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: uh so he goes, Oh, I'm gonna talk to the coach. And, we're going to get you a trade and and i'm like yeah whatever but i don't even get to the canadian border and the coach calls me from south carolina and he's like he goes yeah come to south carolina he goes we don't need uh we don't need you you to get traded because it's a different league right back then they didn't so anyway he, he called me and i'm like no i can't do that and by the time I, I don't know where we were in Nebraska or somewhere. They had called so many times and, and I just said to hell with it. And me and Sarah said, and we just took a sharp laugh and we ended up in, in South Carolina. And, uh,
0: so, so, sh- okay. That's one thing I don't want to skip over actually, cause <laughs> Sarah's with you. Um, and you're taking a sharp left and making big family decisions. Um, yeah like cuz i played with you when uh, dax was 13 years old and completely fluent in german and uh chase was getting lost on the streets of Biedingheim. so uh, uh can you explain uh maybe the challenges of having a, a a kid so young while you're trying to become a professional hockey player and uh yeah maybe the challenges there when you're you're not making millions and you're having babies yeah.
1: Well, you know what, like, so I did it the whole time. So I don't even know any, any different. But in that circumstance, it was so much easier because he was just a baby. And he's in the car seat. And I mean, me and Sarah were just like, whatever. You know, we got, at that time, we thought, well, we got buddies there that live there. They love it there. It's on the ocean. Let's just go. I mean, and I'm actually so glad that we did stuff like that nowadays, because now in my life we're sitting, we're sitting, you know, we're locked up, and, and who would ever thought we'd be in the situation we are? So I'm very grateful that we kind of lived life like that when we we had the opportunity, and and yeah, now we we're willing to take chances now um, in anything. So I think it's uh, it, it's not the normal way by any means but I don't know if I really like the normal <laughs> the normal way and you you, you'll be much the same right like who wants to live a normal life
0: well uh, like realistically like I I have a great job uh great setup here in Concord, Ontario um but like yeah there's a void in my life and it's uh it's, it's being part of the team uh, or a team and hearing awesome hockey stories and like just talking to guys and uh realistically like yeah I don't like living a normal life uh, because it, it was really exciting but like my kids are young and that's where I'm at now is that I'm here so thankfully I have this outlet now because I'm really excited I tell you like I would this is a ridiculous story but like I would like, I've had so many text messages since I started this thing from guys from all over, like that I haven't talked to in years, like guys like you. And, uh, it's really fun. Like I'm really excited. I started this and, uh, yeah, like, uh, nobody needs life to be too serious. And, uh, with this virus, man, it, uh, uh there, it, there's some serious times, but, uh, Hopefully, uh, people can laugh at at least some of our British stories.
1: (laughs) So anyway, so I ended, we in South Carolina, we ended up by going there much the same first year. We were pretty, pretty decent. I mean, we, we weren't anywhere near like a top team. And then as, as the second, the second year, we got a little bit better Added some more pieces. And then the third year we added our final pieces. One of, one of the big pieces is Jared Bednar, uh, who now is coach of Colorado. So he was a big piece. We added him on defense. He was a big, big, strong, uh, D man. And and back then you needed, you needed guys like that in the East coast. And, uh, we didn't necessarily overload with fighters, but a lot of, a lot of heavy, heavy power, power forwards and power D and, uh much the same we weren't as good in Biddingheim like we weren't clearly the front runners but we were the top top we were in the top echelon uh but we had a a strong powerful team that was built for like playoff hockey and uh yeah it was it was a, a little different more challenging I guess hockey wise uh to win in the east coast than it was that year in Biddingheim Um, and it was the first time I'd ever won anything. So like a championship. So it was, uh, it, it was, uh, it was lots of fun. And, uh, you know, I think it's coming up on almost 20, 20 years. It'd be nice to have a 20 year reunion if we can. uh, But, um, yeah, I'll share a shot and still connected with uh, quite a few of the guys off that, that championship team.
0: Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of championships as uh, you're right, like, um, so my first year, my first three years professional, my first year, I lose in the finals of the coast. And I think I played 99 hockey games that year. And my body is completely ruined. I don't even like by the time I can start training in the summer, it's almost training camp. And it's like, well, I can't get bigger and stronger by the time the next season starts because I'm ruined. Um, We lose in the finals. Then I uh, make a late decision. I make the hard left like you did it in Nebraska to go to Germany. And uh, I start the season after training camps, four games in the season. So I miss part of the season. I only play like 40-something games, and it's great. I love it uh but we go all the way to the finals and then in beatingheim so then i lose in landsuit in the finals so i've lost my first two years professionally so then finally the third year professional i'm in the finals again with the beatingheim steelers and we finally pull it out in munich germany so can you uh maybe give me your side of that story because uh there's a few things we need to get into uh, before we got to shut this down.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, when we went in Munich, that, that was like our fans came down in Munich and it was, it was nuts. I couldn't imagine us, us winning at home, how much, how nuts it would have been. But I mean, you know, they're singing and the shirts are off and, and it was, it was like a Trump rally, you know, <laughs> it was, it was crazy crazy intense and uh, yeah it was and then I think well we came back to Biddingheim well came back to Binningheim. we had a party that night which was pretty crazy but then we had the parade and and I remember them telling us okay hey, guys and, and first thing we all do is we get up in the morning and we go find a nice spot and we start having beers and and we're in the mood where hey the sun's out we're all together we're not going to this stupid little parade because i thought it's it's just going to be a waste
0: of time i didn't even know about it i didn't even know there was a parade like there wasn't twitter there wasn't instagram i had a that blue nokia phone and we were at mimos yeah drinking beers and like we had been up because we had just won a championship yeah. so folks You know, it wasn't because we were drinking all day. We had won a championship, so we had been up late, and we didn't get back from Munich till about 2, 3 a.m., and they drop us off at a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, and there's a live band and about, like, thousands of fans, like at 2, 3 in the morning, and we went late. Yeah, And then we woke up and go to Mimo's, right?
1: Go to Mimo's. We're sitting there, and and, uh, still, I would say that's one of the best – day drinking celebrations I've been a part of is just, you know, so many laughs of course you're in your Daisy Duke. And-
0: <laughs> so I better tell that story before you just call them Daisy Dukes. So in Germany, you don't have to wear a suit to go to a hockey game. You don't, you don't wear suits to go to hockey games. You wear jeans and a hoodie and you wear running shoes. You, you look like a normal guy and you go to a hockey game. So, as everybody probably cuz only my buddies listen to this <laughs> is um, I'm not very fashionable. So I <laughs> wore the same pair of jeans to pretty well every hockey game the whole year and by the end of the year they were worn. <laughs> so all the way back from Munich I told the boys I said tomorrow boys we're going downtown and I'm cutting off these jeans. And I'm gonna wear my Deutsche Meister T-shirt, and we're heading downtown.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, we, we just. I mean, everyone's in a good mood. We're relieved because I mean, there was a lot of pressure on us because Biddingheim had tried to win that that league for 15 years, and, and they had poured a lot of money into that team. So there was a lot of pressure. I mean, we talk like there wasn't, um, and we had such a good regular season which doesn't always mean you're gonna win playoffs um so i think we we kind of released a little tension um but it, yeah anyway so we're sitting there in it i don't know it must have been four or five o'clock and somebody come running around the corner and they're like you idiots like w- we've got to go to this uh we got to go to this parade and we're like okay we'll go and i i'm pretty sure they put you in the trunk of a car yeah. you and a couple i of- can't <laughs>
0: A couple dogs
1: but hey <laughs> eh, hey eh, anyway we get through this parade and there's <laughs> thousands and thousands of people like it's a big deal and it was lots of fun but there is literally the whole
0: the whole the city whole the, whole, the, yeah. the whole town was out like yeah. i thought we were going to show up and there was going to be like a couple hundred people yeah. like having a tailgate yeah. party and like there were Thousands and thousands and thousands of fans. And then I roll out of the back of the truck in my Daisy Dukes with two dogs. And the news was filming me. And uh, with that uh, eccentric coach, he looked yeah. at me and I looked at him and I just went like, what? We yeah. just won, man. Like, I just lost two years in a row in the finals, man. I'm enjoying this one. Back off
1: yeah i know it was crazy the fireworks the dance and yeah it was good it was i mean those uh those are those are memories that uh, you know i wish everyone would would be able to have and yeah i miss definitely miss days like that a lot so yeah i uh
0: my my thing now watching sports is like i i have a hard time getting into a lot of it but I can sit down to watch anybody, any team, win a championship just to see the looks on guys' faces, just to see how they react because, you know, I won a few times, and, like, you just never get those days back, man. Like, those are, like, you work all year to finally get to that point, and, yeah, maybe that's why I don't have a good track record with what happens to me afterwards, but, like, you just work so hard, right? And you become so tight with every player. And uh, at the end of the season, you all go your own way, right? Like you have that that celebration and then you go to Saskatchewan. I go to Elmira and now Concord in Ontario and everybody just goes their own way. The Germans go their own way. And then the next year you're on a completely different team. And it's just, that's the business, right? It was uh, definitely
1: definitely a lot of, you know, well, the, that year we had a lot, I mean, a lot of fun. We were just, we were rolling and the next year was, you know, you were injured. We just, it just, it, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to rip everything to go the same. The second year didn't, still fun, but not, not quite the same. I, I, I knew from the beginning that it was going to be my last year and Again, the coach really like didn't make, didn't make it very fun to be. And I think for most of us, he kind of, you know, two years of it kind of just, uh, was enough. What one story, and I, I don't know if I can tell this, it's not, it's not about you. It's about our buddy, uh, Danny, he, he won't, he won't be listening. So it's fine. And you're kind of involved in this story. Are you
0: serious? Well, what did I do? Well, I think because we he never even there. got into your kids going to school in Germany, by the way. So don't try and hang up yet because you got to discuss. I know like we're not supposed to run this too long, but you have to discuss how your children go to school in Germany when you're from Saskatchewan. So you tell Danny's story, okay. but we got to get into that yet.
1: So you, lots, lots of times you go visit schools, right? Or you go read books and, and you're, you're doing this out in the community and we show up and we've got our nice shirts on where, oh, this guy's a professional hockey player. He's, he's the, you know, the pillar of the community type. So, uh, Dan did uh, a, a school in, in Biddingheim. And then one night we were all out and about, and I think he ended up at your place and slept in in your uh, your spare room and of course in germany it's so dark right yeah. and sometimes a guy wakes up and he's not really sure where he's at and he has to go to the bathroom has to urinate yeah i,
0: yeah.
1: I think he he panicked and he just you know he just got to go right so uh. he get gets up in the morning and he's like oh my god lisa's going to kill me so, and he's looking for something, looking for something. And I believe he uses his t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, then he's like, Jeez, I got, I got to get the hell out of here before Lisa and Brad get up.
0: And so I'm- he wiped. Yeah, I do actually. Now that, see, that's <laughs> the thing is you, people bring up memories that just really, they hit a nerve. And all of a sudden I actually remember them. You're right. He wiped so, up his piss with his shirt. <laughs> didn't he? So he, uh, he,
1: he tells me he's in such a panic. He can't find his shoe. He finds one shoe and he says, puts it on. He's like, the hell of this? I got to get home. And he said, I put on this pissy shirt and he goes, I'm walking to, and he's got to walk through downtown and it's a small town. He says, that school, kindergarten school I was talking to a week ago, he said, I passed by them. He said, they were walking to like a school field trip. I walk right by them. I got, I got one shoe. <laughs> I got a urinated T-shirt. <laughs> he said it was the worst I've ever found. And he said, plus I felt bad for Lisa because I did. <laughs> anyway,
0: that's a. He'll never be listed,
1: so that's all right.
0: Oh, I that was think, I, I think we could get a hold of him because uh, <laughs> he's uh, also the same guy, is he not? That. Uh, was gardening on a Sunday in Germany and the neighbors called the police on them for gardening (laughs) on a Sunday. (laughs) Because so if the listeners don't understand, you're not allowed to work on a Sunday and that means your own garden too.
1: (laughs) Do you remember when we had that party at my place? The second year when we all came back and the music was so loud, so loud. And which kind of happens a lot at my place. And our neighbor come down And she said, and you open up the door and she said something in German and you're like, kind (laughs) of. Some of our other neighbors are like, Oh yeah, you guys' music was fairly loud.
0: I I mean, (laughs) um, I guess when I played you, I didn't know any German because you were the (laughs) one that showed me all the ropes and, uh, You were the grizzled old vet that had been there for years when I first arrived and then I became the grizzled old vet by the end. Um, so yeah, that's just the circle of life in the hockey world. eh? like then all of a sudden I was the one speaking German and talking to everyone, like my first year at Lansuit, the coach would come in and he never spoke English like ever, um, he'd come in and do the speech in German and I would just sit there, and I'd look to the guy beside me and say, "Well, what what did he say?" And Anything say, important? And he'd say, uh, he said you just go play your game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're uh, so my kids in
1: school in Germany. It was um, well, I mean, Daxon learned German really quick. So the first the first year, German school was the only option. I played so nice how team.
0: how old were your okay, okay? This will probably be the last thing we cover. I yeah. think we've been going yeah. a while. So, um, what age were your kids when you came to Germany? And then I just want to tell a funny story of your of Chase and uh, eating Heim afterwards. So
1: uh, Daxon would have been seven, and Chase was one. So for Chase, he's a baby, right? And I mean, he's staying home all the time anyway. But for Daxon, he went into German school uh, in Weisswasser which is small town, German, basically Poland. There's no English options, um, which was difficult for him. But he went to German school. He was fluent very quick. Uh, but then second, I went for three years after that. I went to Dresden, where we had uh, international schools. So they went to um, they went to English schools. And then, uh, after that, he, we went to, uh, Straubing that was a German school and then Biddingheim was German schools. But by then, by then they were, they were fluent. So, I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't much of a difference, but yeah. it was, was hard though. Cause you know, you're moving and meeting new kids and such. So not, not the easiest thing for sure.
0: Um, yeah, I just remember going over to your house and, uh, you'd be trying to help the kids with homework. And, um, Like your Dax was 13 years old, like saying, dad, don't try it. Like you, <laughs> you're trying to help the six-year-old chase. And he's yeah. like, dad, I'll help him. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then uh, we'd come home from practice. I think there was, I, it, it happened at least twice. I know this is not saying you guys weren't on top of being parents, but <laughs> we came back from practice twice and um i in germany it's completely different right it's a completely (laughs) different lifestyle where kids they walk home from school on their own right and uh chase (laughs) uh he decided to check out uh the town right like he was six years old <laughs> and he did that i believe more than once where we were walking the streets of beating i trying to find your six-year-old and he was just yeah. having a hoot
1: <laughs> yeah well he used to like to he wanted to go for ice cream all the time so he would try to go to Mimo's ice shop because he got free ice cream there so he'd be wandering around looking for ice cream <laughs>
0: So he'd leave his German school and head for Bebo's for free ice cream instead of heading home, but then you guys wouldn't know where he is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what he used to do.
0: Well, it's This has been the best time ever catching up. Um, I think we've gone long enough. People may or may not be listed, but I think these have been great stories and man, I haven't been smiling so much until I started talking to you and everybody else like, man, this is so much fun. So thanks for coming on. Um, I miss you, man.
1: Thanks Waldo. Love seeing you and uh, say hi to Lisa and
0: give the kids a hug, buddy. Yeah, man, it's great to see you. Say hi to Sarah. See you, buddy. See you, bud. Some people clap on the one
1: and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people
0: don't join at all because they got no rhythm. and That's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough
1: Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive me I'm like Scott, cause I don't go I'm like bands I'm like Pizza